Recently, I've been printing and framing pictures from our time in Scotland in September. Each picture brings back feelings and memories, and I treasure them all. But unlike so many folks at Holy Family, I am not gifted in composing or framing a shot, and I have no sense of lighting or coloring. I'm in that older generation of point-and-click photographers. But now, with the magic of my smartphone, I can edit my Scotland pictures. <laughs> I can enlarge a subject or the field, and I can narrow it down to individual components of the picture. And when I have done that, my perspective and thoughts about that picture change with the perspective of the lens. To quote a very old commercial that a couple of you will know in here, I'm making Kodak moments, <laughs> even after I'm far away from Scotland and the Isle of Iona. And I'm not going to do a slideshow, but I brought a picture to illustrate, and this does fit in with the gospel. So what you see on the screen is what's left of the abbot's home um, on the Isle of Iona. And this is, a, I don't know, from the 547 or something like that. That's the doorway to his home. And I loved what was left of that. So that's one picture, but then you can put up the other one. Now I've increased the landscape. And now you see when the abbot left the doorway, he saw the ocean. He saw the Isle of Mull across the bay. He saw the sky. And it's a whole different picture. And here's what I feel for me is Iona, that cathedral of earth and sea and sky. And yes, the abbot's door is there, but it's so much more than that. So that's my illustration. Thank you, Ben. I mentioned this and I showed you the pictures because it's also an illustration of what we're reading today in the gospel. Our wonderful lectionary provides us select moments from the life of Jesus kind of like that abbot's door, that allows us to follow his relationships, his teachings, and his ministry. But sometimes those Kodak moments are better understood within a larger landscape of Jesus' life. So I'm going to ask us to widen our view a bit, to widen our landscape of Luke's gospel. It's important to see today's reading in the sequence of what happens. Earlier in Luke, Jesus had presented himself to John for baptism in the Jordan River. And after he'd been baptized, we all know this, the heaven opened up and a voice declared, you are my son, my beloved, with you I am well pleased. What a powerful revelation. It would have been nice if Jesus could have taken some time away to go on a retreat at that point, to contemplate what this meant for him and his future. 
But soon after that glorious moment of divine affirmation, scripture says that the spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness to face temptations of power, prestige, authority, envy. Temptations similar to what we might face in our lives today. And Jesus confronted each temptation by grounding himself in scripture. Luke reports that Jesus was filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and began to teach in the synagogue. So that's the backstory, and that's the gospel landscape that brings us to today's Kodak moment, as Jesus, now in his hometown synagogue in Nazareth, unrolls the Torah and reads from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he sits to preach and he says, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, today. This is where our gospel reading ends. But next week, I'll give you a spoiler. We're gonna hear Jesus tell the congregation that no prophet is accepted in his hometown. And then he mentions that during the time of Elijah, there was a great famine and God chose to feed, not the Jew, but a Gentile widow. And then he tells the worshipers that during Elijah's time, when the people were plagued with leprosy, God chose to heal a Gentile leper. Jesus is saying to that congregation, don't think God's goodness and mercy are just for you. God's goodness and mercy are for everybody. Luke reports that his preaching enraged the congregation and they drove him out of the synagogue and toward a cliff, but he escaped before they could throw him over the cliff. I'm glad you don't do that to preachers today. <laughs> now you know the larger gospel landscape. Number one, Jesus is on a spirit-powered mission to others. Two, he's on that mission with the knowledge that he is beloved by God. And three, Thank you. 
will inspire, will influence, will comfort you, will guide your life and your words, will guide your relationships and your ministry. It will bolster and support you as you face whatever temptations come your way. And it will broaden your understanding that the words and ministry of Jesus in his hometown synagogue are also your words and your ministry today. We should not see scripture as merely a recording of history. Scripture is living, it's dynamic, it traverses centuries, and it's alive for us, and it's alive in us. Listen to the reading from St. Paul today. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. Paul says it pretty clearly. You are the body of Christ. Jesus has no body today except yours. What does that really sound like? Sounds to me like the mission statement of Holy Family. Holy Family will bear witness to the light of Christ by serving as the heart and hands of Jesus, nourishing people and transforming lives. That's what you bought into. But can you claim that mission statement for yourself? Can you claim for yourself, I will bear witness to the light of Christ by serving as the heart and hands of Jesus, nourishing people and transforming lives. It's worth repeating. The ministry of Jesus in the first century is our ministry today in the 21st century. Bring good news to the poor. Proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. Free the oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You can do that. In fact, you are called by God to do that because God has called you a beloved son. God has called you a beloved daughter. But remember that living a life modeled on Christ will not always make sense to others. Jesus bucked the status quo. He ate with sinners and healed the poor and marginalized of society. When he takes the scripture from Isaiah as his own prophetic call, he proclaims that the Spirit sends him to the poor, the captives, the blind, the oppressed, those in society we discount, overlook, those we judge. The spirit residing in Jesus is the same spirit residing in you. The spirit residing in Jesus is the same spirit residing in you. Look at the larger landscape of your life. What would happen if you started each morning with a prayer, Lord, today help me bring sight to the blind. Help me bring relief to the oppressed and good news to the poor. This is not a pie in the sky prayer. It's a very practical prayer. It's a prayer that will open your own eyes and your heart to the suffering of others. And how that prayer is lived out is as unique as each person in this community. 
So teachers and parents, will you help those in your loving care by opening their eyes and their minds to new ideas, to compassion for others, to kindness and understanding? For those in business or in positions of influence, will you bring the heart of Jesus into your work and relationships and make decisions that respect and promote the betterment of all? And all the kids in here, children and youth, I bet you know another kid in your classroom or in your school that could needs to hear a kind word that may be bullied. Bullied is the modern day word for being oppressed. There's always someone that needs to hear a kind word from you. And each of us, as we go about our daily lives, will we open our eyes to the poor and hurting and downtrodden in front of us? And will we offer kindness and compassion to the grocery clerk, the waitress, the gas station attendant, the cashier at Target, the homeless, the beggars on the street, our neighbors, and others who cross our path? Make no mistake, seeking to be the heart and hands of Jesus is not a walk in the park. You will be challenged to confront your own fears and prejudices and judgments. It may be difficult when others misunderstand and judge you, but God loves you enough to challenge you to love others. God loves you enough to lift you up when you falter. God loves you enough, and God's love is enough to send you out into the world. And as just as Jesus said to the congregation, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Today this scripture is fulfilled in your life and in your actions. Today God sends you out. Be the heart, be the hands of Jesus. Because that is your calling as a beloved son or daughter of God. May it be so in your life. Amen.